first of all, thanks so much, Louis, for, for making some time for me. I really appreciate it. And I know, I know you're busy. I know you have your show. You have all those engagements. So I will make sure, sure. I'll, I'll use this time uh, as best as I can with you. What do you need, bro? How's my audio sound? You want me it's perfect. It's it's excellent. I'm gonna put my headphone in so it's even better. All right, let me see. <laughs> Is that better? Yeah, it's it's excellent. Should sound good here. So just quickly to let you know what straight handball talk is. Uh -huh. It is a show about the extraordinary bonding power of handball and how the sport itself really connects people forever. Mm. I met you because of the sport. We became teammates, yeah. uh, competitors at some point. We played international tournaments and we also had a stint together playing with Team USA. But ultimately, this handball journey helped us become friends and which will keep us connected forever. Yeah. So to me, that is really critical. And at this time, when I had some time uh, to be at home and, and free time, I was thinking like the best part of handball for us amateurs is this, these relationships that we create and, and they're irreplaceable. And to me, yeah. that is the reason why I'm involved in this. Yeah. Now, quickly, I want to let people know, uh, I introduce you. I mean, you don't need a big introduction, but you are a lifestyle entrepreneur. You are a business coach. You are a keynote speaker for many organizations. Your podcast, The School of Greatness, is one of the top 100 iTunes podcasts in the world with 100 million downloads, which is huge. Uh, you've been a guest and have been featured in many of the major media outlets uh, and TV shows, including Ellen, uh, The Today Show, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, New York Times, and this goes on and on and on. Basically, your current current life mission is to help people uh, overcome their challenges and find their greatest, which to me, it is a purpose worth waking up every day. So it is, it is amazing what you've done with your life. And even though I know you from, from the handball experience, I've of course admire your effort and, and the ability to achieve your goals uh, because Thanks, that's how I know you. Thanks brother. Now, Back to our Hamble experience. I also want to let people know how you and I met. The <laughs> <laughs> story. Yeah, this is uh, 2011. One week, <laughs> one week after the Nationals, uh, you come on a Tuesday evening oh, around 8:05 p.m. at the practice. I think that was the last practice of our uh, season. Season. Yeah. Yep. And you show up, and 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 you just come in and say, "Hey, I just moved from Ohio." And I said, like, great, sorry, this is our last practice. So, um, you know, we can, we can play around. And I said, why did you move to New York? And you, 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 keep, you told me, well, I moved to learn how to play handball. So, and I remember that clearly. And I looked at you. I'm like, oh, this guy is, you know, messing with me. And I'm never going to see you again. That was mm -hmm. my intention. I said, okay, let's just play soccer. Obviously, during the soccer game, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, uh, you kicked a ball and smacked me right in the middle <laughs> of my face. I remember that. Yeah, I felt bad. I was like, oh, she's probably not the best first impression for me. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it's, it's forgiven. I was like, okay, he, he's American and he doesn't play soccer very much. So it's, it's forgiven. But anyways, I, I, the practice ended and then we all you know, spread away. But you stuck to your word. Uh, in September, when we got back to practice, 
you showed up, you showed up with the same attitude and even, even more committed <laughs> to the whole thing, which I was like, okay, well, this guy really wants to learn how to play handball. Mm -hmm. So I want to know from your pr uh, perspective, I want you to share your perspectives. When you decided to move from Ohio <clears throat> for that particular reason, uh, what was the main drive for you when he, when he came to learning how to play handball? Uh, it was a dream to be an Olympian. And in 2008 or in 2007, I was playing arena football, got injured. And then was on my, uh, I had a surgery and uh, for six months I was in a cast with my right hand, my throwing hand. And um, I was just kind of depressed of figuring out what am I going to do for the rest of my life? My whole childhood was evolved around sports. And now that this identity of playing football was no longer there, I had a really hard time of letting go of my athletic identity uh, in that time. And I was really in denial. I was like, no, I'm going to heal from this. I'm going to come back and play football and I'm going to get back out there. But my journey of healing took about a year and a half from the surgery to six months getting the cast off and then just like trying to figure out how to use my wrist again. And my elbow was really tight from the, uh, the cast as well. So it took about a year and a half to where I could fully strengthen my arm and kind of let it pop without pain in my arm and in my wrist, it was like, okay, it's manageable pain where yeah. I can play hard and it's nagging, but I can still play. So now in 2008, in the middle of, I just gotten the cast off, but I, my arm was like a noodle yeah. sleeping at my sister's place. And my favorite uh, two weeks of every four years, the Olympics comes on and I'm watching the Olympics, you know, maybe a month or two after I get the cast off. And it just gives me this spark of inspiration because it was the first time I saw handballs like 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning, yeah. watching these highlights, probably some Swedish or German guys or something. And I'm just like, where's this sport been my entire life? <laughs> this is what I was born to do. Like I, and I just went on a search on Google. And in 2008, there wasn't really a lot of uh, social media is coming around a little bit, you know, but it's not really active on Twitter, Twitter's popping, but there's no Instagram. Maybe it's yeah. just about to start. And um, so there wasn't really much I could find about handball. And as I start typing in, you know, handball in Ohio, handball USA, I think I found some janky looking USA.org slash handball site that had no information that gave <laughs> you no contact or call. I think there was an email that I emailed right away. No one got back to me. And I remember seeing there were club handball teams around America on some website. I think I saw different club teams in like five or seven cities. There were Chicago and New York and LA and stuff like that. And then I think I saw like the national championships and that New York club was the, I think three times in a row that you guys have won it or twice in a row national championships. Yeah. And then I reached out to a bunch of people on the New York team and I found people that were on the website that you guys had their names and yeah. I searched for them on Facebook and <laughs> messaged people. No one replied to me. Oh. And I remember just being frustrated. I was like, how is this Olympic sport out there that I've never heard of? I'm 24, I think 20, yeah, 23, 24 years old. How have I never heard of this? This is the sport that I was born to play. I was kind of resentful because I felt like, man, if I'd started picking this up at 14 or 12 or 10, I would be in the, I was telling myself I would be in the Olympics if I'd been playing this for 15 years, just because I know my athletic ability. And if I would have developed the skill set of the game, 
with coaches and players that knew how to play and just played all the time in games in high school or something, I was just like, there's no doubt in my mind I wouldn't be able to make the USA team. So I was kind of resentful and excited because I was like, huh, maybe there's not that much competition. Maybe I can make it without having to be that good. And I remember that was a three-year journey from seeing the first time seeing handball 2008 to 2011. I made a commitment to myself in 2008 on my sister's couch. I was like, one day I'm going to make enough money to move to New York City and and learn because i kept emailing people from the usa team no one was replying to me i was like are there camps is there a place to play what can yeah. i do no one got back to me so i said screw it one day when i make enough money i'm going to get to new york city and i'm going to keep emailing people at new york team <laughs> no one replied to me finally like six months before i got a hold of someone who i think it was a french guy can't remember his name it was a french guy who was like oh, I don't really play anymore with the team, but you should reach out to Beanie. And I think I might have messaged you. Yeah. I can't remember if you replied. Maybe you just said, yeah, we practice on these nights. I can't remember what it was. But I saw on the website that there was a practice on Tuesday and Saturday, and it gave the address. Yes. And I was like, I'm just going to show up. And I, three years later, <laughs> I made enough money to be able to move from not having any money to then starting a business, growing my business, you know, doing public speaking, writing book, all these different things. So I was like, okay, I have enough money. I'm going to go to New York City for one month because I had two speaking gigs in yeah. New York in the summer. And I said, why don't I just stay in New York City for the month and see if I can show up to this handball thing and actually see if there's an opportunity. And because um, I think I'm 27 now at the time. So I'm like, I'm still young enough, but who knows? Like, it's a young man's game. And I show up. And then there you guys were. You're like, ah, oh, come back in a few months. And I was just like, what? It's like, <laughs> I've been waiting three years to play handball. You tell me to come back in a few months? And that's how I found out about it. I just I kind of – the timing of seeing it on late night on, on Olympics made, gave me a new spark, a new dream to then – be focused on and committed to going to finding and exploring if that's even a possibility. Maybe I'm good enough. Maybe I'm not good enough. But for me, I've always wanted to say, I'm at least going to go for something and fail and know that I went for it than to never actually move and get the shot and see if there's a possibility. And I think that's, that's what I did. I just kind of unknowingly didn't know how hard it would be kind of assumed like I'm a good enough athlete. I can figure this out. And, and, really quickly I realized, okay, I have skills as an athlete, but as a handball player, I don't have skills. And I was just trying to soak in as much as I could. And I was learning from uh, Syed, learning from you, learning from everyone. of just like, teach me little moves here and there where I could still kind of play and be competitive and not sit on the bench. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I never really was able to get that day in and day out of practice. It was like once a week, twice a week, maybe a practice. So well, that's, you know, that's what I missed out on. Yeah. Well, to me, obviously, I mean, I've been a part of your handball journey uh, in the development of, of a player you became and, and of, of course, in the goals and, and the dreams that you, you actually achieved. And I know for a fact, when, when you joined us, uh, there were a few things that even though you didn't have technically or tactically, you had exactly what you're sharing with me. You had that that sort of connection with the sport because you knew you could be good at this because you had all the, the abilities that a handball player needs. Yeah. So physical skills. Yeah. Physical skills are yes. But also I think I have to say you also had the, the, the teamwork 
spirit. Mm -hmm. You had the, the drive to never quit. Yeah, and yeah. you were the one that, and like you said before, you were like a sponge sucking yeah. on every information from every single one of the player that was in our team, which were the top players in USA. So it's, it's, it's actually a miracle that in such a short time with so little practice, yeah. you were able to quickly uh, become a good player. Yeah. So, I mean, so, good player for an American player, I'd say. But, for, but of course, that's what yeah. I'm saying. I mean, I, I think it's, we have to always remember those who played since they were 12. And if you're an American start at 27, 28, a comparison very is hard. It's yeah, very hard. It's very hard. I mean, and I remember my first international competition in uh, Pan Am Championships. So I think I made the USA team nine or 11 months later. And it was strictly through the skills that I developed as a young, as a 20 something year old from public speaking, from persuasion, from networking. Like I literally said, I'm going to network my way on the team. If I'm not going to be good enough to make it, I will do whatever it takes to meet the right people in the organization and convince them why they need to have me. And I remember when I got selected for that first time, I think it was the last player to like the 16th or whatever. I was just like, I can't believe I made this happen. And, um, and I remember going to Argentina and quickly realizing I am out of my league <laughs> and what I think I'm capable of. Athletically, I, you know, if I'm playing basketball against anyone else, like I'll, I'll dominate or compete at a great level. But just the speed, the technicality, I remember just getting crossed over quickly. And I was like, man, I am, I am not even half the player I need to be to be able to play this level. Which, which gave me a lot of humility to say, okay, I need to do a lot more work. But, um, yeah, I was very grateful for that. But I was also part of my, um, my unreasonable thinking that I've always had. is just like, no, I'm going to make it happen. And maybe I'm not going to be the best, but I'm going to be unreasonable in my request of getting what I want. And I think that was a, a, another great example for me. It was like, yes, you can dream big, and maybe we're not going to make the Olympics, and maybe I'm not going to be a starter, but – I got on the bench and I got a chance to get on the court. And I think that was, that was something that was powerful for me as well. Yeah. But, but you're, you're someone that through life experiences, you have realized that anything is possible. If you yeah, have of course. a dream and you, uh, uh, you want to uh, take and endure all the pain and challenge that comes with it, you're willing to do that. So to I me, can suffer pain all day long for the dream. And, yeah. and most, I'll just, I'm just willing to have a lot of pain and most people just want to be a little bit more comfortable. No, but it's like, you got to have that. I mean, got to. it's you, you must. And again, of course, it has to be a little bit, uh, uh, um, it, it cannot be an illusion. You have uh -huh. to have the ability to do certain yeah. things to show people, but which you had, you, you had both of those. Now, yeah, yeah. An, another thing that you did during this whole journey is you, you arranged somehow to go and practice with Ademar Leon. Yes. And, and I think that was a great experience. That was huge, huge yeah. for me. So tell me, tell me that. that oh, gosh, I wish, yeah, I, I, when I look back at everything, I wish like, I want to change anything because everything happened for a reason. But part of me is like, oh man, if I would have started at 22, like if I wouldn't have gone to play football and went for that dream and hadn't known about this, I probably would have gone to Europe right away in Spain and just played for a year, two years in Spain. And I'd be a much better player. Now, who knows? Maybe I'd have broken something or had an injury or who, you never know. So I never want to look back, but um, I remember just thinking like, gosh, I would really like to go to Spain one. Cause I just love the culture. I want to learn Spanish. And I know the handball there is one of the top countries. And so I, 
Christopher or Christoph, uh, when I met Christoph on the, t- on the New York team, yeah. I just told him this dream. He's like, oh, I know someone who knows the coach there or whatever. I can make an intro. And he made an intro and I was just talking to the coach on the phone. I was like, yeah, I want to come. And I remember it was like the timing was off because my business started blowing up and I had so many opportunities back in America. Yeah. But I was like, ah, if I don't even go for at least a week, I'll regret it. So yeah. let me get out there for a week. And I remember I got so much better in that week because we were practicing twice a day. We were lifting, we were running. It was just a, a boot camp of handball with unbelievable players. Of course. And I got so much better. I remember coming back with so much confidence. But if without being practicing every day and going back to one a week or twice a week, maybe sometimes, I felt like I started to lose that the skill set. And I remember they offered me a contract to play for the year. I got in for like a game. We played one game and I got in and scored a point or whatever. My, my only shot uh, went in. And I remember being like, man, I could, I could see myself getting actually pretty good if I was here for a year around these players with coaches, just putting in the reps. Yeah. You know, it's when, when I interviewed Kobe Bryant and he mentioned how when he was 14 or something, he didn't score one point this entire summer during a basketball, you know, league. And then the next year he just put in – three times as many hours as everyone else, and he was like the top scorer the next year. He said it's simple math. You just put in the time. If you've got certain skills, you're eventually going to get better. And I remember thinking to myself, man, I really want to stay here. I really want to do this for a season and even three to six months. But I had so much going on my business, my team, money. It was like the time change was very challenging that, uh, you know, I only spent a week there, but it was just an eye-opener for what could have been possible but again, now at this time of 29, 30, 30 years old, and it's just like, uh, do I go for this? Now, if the USA was guaranteed to make the Olympics, I told myself I will go there. I was thinking I was waiting. If we didn't get the bid for 2016 for Chicago. Yeah. But I keep telling myself today, like 2030, or when is it? 2032? 2028. 2028. Yeah, in eight years. I'm like, listen, in, in four years or five years from now, if I'm healthy, and um, I've got the time. I don't know. I might have kids by then. But if I'm healthy, I've got the time. And the training camp is in my city, Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably go to Spain for a year with my girlfriend and train every day and find a club and see and just see. I might be too old, but hey, you never know. possible. You never, you never know. I'll be the 40, I'll be a 44-year-old uh, playing in the Olympics, but you never know. Hey, that's my age right now. And you can do it. Exactly. So we'll see. You know, everything happens for a reason. And, uh, you know, there's a guy over there. Drew is over there with Adam R right now from the USA exactly. team. And exactly. He's, he's also a younger guy. And, you know, he's got it. This is his focus where I had too many focuses at the time that I knew I wouldn't be able to build my business in the same ability mm-hmm. as go all in as a handball player just because – you're tired at the end of the day. You're exhausted. You put all your energy into practice when you're doing it full time. Um, but it was a great experience. And, yeah, I loved it. I wish I could have yeah. stayed longer. Well, I mean, uh, obviously what you did before and now it's happening more in a more strategic way because you have Drew, uh, you have Tyree, you have uh, Michael Lee, and you have a bunch of other players being placed in these uh, professional yeah. clubs to basically prepare for what's coming for the next few years. So, mm-hmm. and we know that USA team handball has always hoped that they will get these top athletes switching from one sport to another and try to make them into a great handball players in a short period of time. Um, 
But doing this, what they're doing right now, like placing sort of handball players, it's, it's a good. very smart it's thing. Very good. But uh, we need like 17-year-olds going over there who are going to be 26, not 26-year-olds going over there, 28-year-olds who are going to be 35. I know. You know, that's the challenge. It's like, it's a great idea and strategy, but let's get them now at 17, 18 as like all-stars in high school and put them through the program over in Europe. So that's the, well, that'd be the key, but. What, uh, this has to come from you. What advice would you give to, to the young American athletes who are at that age, 7, 18, 19, to focus on becoming handball players? I would say, yeah, I mean, you have a real opportunity to do something special at a national and international level that if you are not a top pick or, or going D1 in basketball or football or even soccer uh, and you want a chance to represent your country and play one of the most incredible sports with some of the, the greatest action that athletes have and play in settings that are so inspiring on an international level, with the USA team, I just feel like get in contact with Beanie, myself, someone, you know, Mark Ortega, and start exploring camps. Start exploring going to camps in the USA to get started, then figuring out how you can get placed in a European team because there are people that want to see you succeed, that want to see you be part of the system to give yourself a chance of playing on an international level. And I think I've been to – I guess three Pan Am championships now and some other international competitions. And it's just some of the most incredible memories I have of those week to two week experiences, training with the USA team, traveling to another country, getting ready for the games. You know, sometimes we're in horrible conditions where we're living, but it's just the experience of going to Brazil or or Uruguay or Argentina or Canada or Mexico, you know, Europe, Iceland, wherever people are going and experiencing it with the USA across your chest, I don't know a better feeling I've ever had. And to be honest, it's one of the only reasons I keep playing and just trying to stay in the game right now with limited time. Yeah. It's just that feeling because if you don't make a D1 uh, and you don't have the goal of being a professional athlete in, in your sport right now, but you're an all-star, you could be a great player with the USA handball team and make a big impact. I think of uh, Greg. This kid's amazing. Um, and he was not a D1 player yeah. on any sport. And he's not tall and big, but he is so shifty. And he made a big impact within two, three years uh, as a starter on the USA team internationally. So if you're intelligent, if you're fast, if you're strong, and you want to play uh, and give yourself a chance to make the Olympics, this is an incredible sport that no one knows about that gives you an unfair advantage because there's only, I don't know, 50 decent athletes who are playing right now as USA, USA guys. Probably right. I mean, I don't know, maybe it's 30. Yeah, who I, know, are, I know what you're talking about. I know you're talking about the high level. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like you could play with the USA team and yeah. give yourself a chance of doing something cool. So are you, are you aware that USA actually has received a wild card from the IHF to play the world championships in 20, Five and 27 leading to the Olympics. They have a guaranteed spot. In 2025 and 27? Yeah, 25 is in, in Croatia, 27 is in Germany. Oh, that's incredible. World championships? Yep. yep. Oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. 
Like basically imagine you had that opportunity. If you I'd, be, I'd be unbelievable to do that. Yeah. Five, seven years ago, it'd been unbelievable. And it'd be harder to do because a tournament like that, they'd pull out all the Europeans to come and play, but it'd be amazing. Yeah. I, look, that, that is a, I've, since I've been involved in handball, I think this is the best time to actually be a, a handball player or want to be a handball player because you will have those opportunities to play at a high level. On top of it all, the, the Pan American Federation has been separated, so you don't have to compete against Brazil anymore for a spot for a, a bigger uh, international. I know. Wait, Pan American has been separated? What do you mean? Meaning, like, remember before the Pan American Team Handball Federation was – all of the countries were in one, now uh -huh. it's separated, we, which means that there's a Pan Am Federation and there's a North American and Caribbean. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. When? So now it's North America? North American, Caribbean. So it's easier to qualify to big events. For wow. Really? Yep. So wait a minute. How, what's the qualifying? Is it still Pan Am Games to qualify for the Olympics? Uh, yes. But now okay. you, you, all you have to do is beat, uh, let's say, Canada. You have to beat Mexico. Cuba. You have to beat Cuba. But they beat Cuba last time. Right. That's true. Yeah, Wait a so minute. To get into what events? Uh, to get to, let's say, Pan American Games. Wow. That's crazy. Why did they have this when I was playing back in the day? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Gosh. but it's a really good step forward. It's amazing. It's huge. Yeah, I mean, the opportunities are greater and greater now. So, yeah. Well, they are. Okay, I want to talk to you about a little bit about your experience with New York City. Obviously, yeah. when you joined us, you joined a winning club, and you immediately uh, won many, many tournaments, leagues, whatnot. But – in my opinion, when it comes to, to seeing you improve, I remember three events that mm -hmm. I think have really helped you. And I want to know what you thought about those events. And I want you to share with me what events were the most important for you. So to me, the first one was our Chapel Hill tournament. The first mm -hmm. time we played together, we didn't have the strongest team, but we went there. We struggled. We played really hard. And you were next to me. And, and I remember... We were constantly talking. And that was the time, for the first time, I, I really played with you. And you listened to everything. And you were leading on defense. And we mm -hmm. destroyed every single team. And we won the tournament. So to yeah. me, that was one part where I could see defensively you could be a, a, a great uh, teammate next to me. Do you remember that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's, the second one was obviously the, uh, the event in London. So you know that you are the first born the American. That, yes, you're the first born American to fly over the Atlantic and play in Europe and win a, a, a tournament in Europe. I did not know that. But that's <laughs> <laughs> Just, that, was a, that was a fun time. That was a great time. That was also another tournament because we went completely unprepared. We just yeah. asked guys in New York to join us. Uh, we had one practice uh, after uh, we just landed. Uh, it was mm -hmm. difficult, but again, you were a part of a team that I, up to this day, I don't even know how we won the tournament, but yeah. just the fact that we, we worked hard as a team, yeah. and we were part of it. So we won that international tournament. And also the third one, even though you didn't play as much as you probably Canada. Did, the Canadian national. I know, I'm so bummed. Well, wait, but to me, so it was a gradual way of learning to become a part of the winning team as a handball player, because I know you always want to play. I know you are ready to get yeah. on that, on that court, but then you have other guys who have been there for a while, but you 
all these three events to me, I think they gave you that ability mm. to when you go compete for that spot in the Team USA, you knew exactly what to do, how to do it. Yeah, and how to do it. yeah so exactly. Yeah, those are the three events that I believe have been critical on, on your development. As yeah, I think also the, uh, the used to be a tournament you guys did, the New Year's Eve tournament. Oh, the big see, see I, I mean, I was playing on the second team there, but it was seeing, and then we had like an American team one year, but it was yeah. kind of seeing great players play and watching them play from a high, the highest level. I'd never seen it. Yeah. And I didn't really watch game film of like the games happening in Europe. So this was the first time I was like, oh, this was handball. Not like <laughs> there was New York City level handball, the club level, which was great yeah. in the USA. But then this is like, oh, these guys are every play at this level, not like yeah. <laughs> jog, jogging back and like, you know, just fit quick, fast break and cherry picking here and there sometimes. But it's like they were all playing together mm. and they were great athletes. And it was just like, okay, this is so to watch it and to be a part of an experience of that of just high caliber athletes was a a good experience as well. Yeah. And now that's that I forgot about the big apple. That was absolutely mm -hmm. amazing. That was great. Uh, so you and I played together, obviously, but we also competed against each other. And I, I have to tell you, I never liked seeing you in the other jerseys. Like I was one of the players you guys too more. No, I know, but, but I, you guys I, always, I couldn't play with team one. Sometimes I was like, ah, oh, what's the point of like, no, I get, I get the part. He also moved to, to LA, but yeah, that's true. The, the part when, when you're joining the other, I forgot the name of the team, the Auburn team, but uh, I was like, damn it. Like it just because you were a part of us. And I was like, I know yeah, I, I always think of myself more. as a New York guy, Yeah, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, that was an interesting experience. Um, obviously mm -hmm. played with LA uh, this last year in the qualification for super globe uh how was That's your tough. experience there i mean you know i didn't practice at all for like a year and so to like just get out there or maybe i practiced for i don't know a couple times but to get out there i don't even know the guys it was just like okay i think i asked you hey do i have a spot and you were like oh, we're already full and so i was like well if i can't go with the team i want to play with then i'm going to try to play and ortega was trying to get me to play yeah so that was, uh, that was a challenge. But it was cool because there was three Brazilians on the team who were really talented, and I got to learn from them and play with them and build those relationships. Like you said at the beginning, it's all about the relationships you meet with people because just kind of following guys and staying in touch with people over the years, you build an incredible bond. Yeah. yeah. And um, even though I haven't played like one tournament with those guys, they still like stay in touch and hit me up every now and then and check in on me. So for me, it was cool. It was sad because I think we played you in the first game and it was like we almost won or we'd lost yeah. by like one point or something. And I feel like if we had a warm-up game, it might have been might have been better. And then we kind of just fell apart in the second game. So it was um it was tough. I think we, we practiced like once or twice together. No one really knew each other. So it was it's hard when you're playing against a team that practices every week and years of a legacy together. It's just hard to compete. Yeah, that was a really challenging game for us. And obviously, you had Anderson had his best game of his life. Like 20 points or so, 11 <laughs> points I think he had. Yeah, in like the first half. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah we, were, we were joking. He took 15 shots. He scored 20 goals. It was unbelievable. Yeah. We should have won the game, but I think we just kind of fell apart at the end. And that's how it happens sometimes. You guys always pull away, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah, well, a little luck uh, helped us. So tell me, tell me, what are you doing with uh, – your plans of continuing to play and stay in shape uh, for the next few years? Uh, I think about this, I kind of reevaluate every year. Like I remember I went to, 
a year ago. I went to Israel with the team yeah. and played against Luxembourg and Israel national team. And that was a great experience. Um, and I remember kind of evaluating afterwards, like there's no other big tournaments last year, except for the Panam games, which we didn't qualify for. Yeah. So I was like, do I play to play just to like stay in shape here? Or do I go stay in shape as a human being and maintain a level of in shapeness to when there is a big tournament, then I could turn on a three to six month training camp for myself and go do a couple tournaments and practice and see if I still want to do this. So it's always a matter of like, managing energy because I've got so much in my business and in my personal life that I'm managing energy wise yeah. that I would need to make a sacrifice if I want to go play a handball now. And I'm all for it. If it's leading to a bigger dream and a bigger mission, if it's just to play club ball, it's not worth it for me at the time. Now I'd still love to go have fun on a Saturday morning and play a couple of games here and there, but it's, it's just not convenient to drive an hour away in Los Angeles to the to club when they do it, but they're not even practicing right now. And so it's always uh, evaluating like the worth, uh, the energy it's going to take based on like the value it's going to bring me and to a bigger dream. So that's why it's like stay in shape, you know, for the next Pan Am championships, reevaluate where I'm at. If there's other USA tournaments, reevaluate three to six months before and see like, is my mission and my business, which now we've reached 250 million downloads for the podcasts and oh, videos. Wow. It's, do I put my energy on being a better human being for a mission to impact the world or for something more selfish, which is like me go play a sport and maybe in seven years get a chance at something. So it's just kind of evaluating that dream. And to be honest, I feel like uh, the, the new CEO, Barry, I feel like he's doing you know, I've only talked to him once or twice and he's engaged with me a couple of times of like trying to get involved in stuff, mm -hmm. but I don't feel like they want me involved enough. I've said, Hey, use me, like send me out on interviews, use me if you want, but then they'll send other people out in interviews. And I'm like, I'm Oh, sorry. I heard Siri on my phone. <laughs> uh, so I feel like they're, they're not as engaged with me as they want to be. They're, they're working with other players who are, probably actively playing in Europe, which is fine with me. But the, the, the less you show in, like interest in using me in a positive way, the less interested I'm going to be. But if you're sending me out on interviews and having me be, you know, uh, a, a face figure because of the platform I have, like I've told them, like, guys, I've got a big platform and use me. But when you have some other guys who they have no following and no platform and they're just a USA player right now, I don't understand that personally from like a business side of point of view, but so that's where I'm at. I'm like, Hey, if they want to show interest, I'm happy to go on these different shows and talk from my personal experience and talk from the athlete point of view and, and be able to spread a message to my audience to create yeah. more awareness. I feel like I already talk about it in passing. When people bring stuff up, I mentioned it on my show. I try to talk about as much as I can, but I'm not actively playing as much right now. Yeah. And so it's not on top of mind. And if the organization doesn't want to collaborate with me in bigger ways, then they have their mission and they're doing their thing. And that's fine too. Oh yeah. Well, uh, that's a surprise to me actually that, um, well, that they're not taking advantage of it. I, I told him, I said, use me in terms of interviews. Like they wanted to like do a show on my podcast. I'm like, it doesn't make sense for me to do an episode about handball on my show, but use me on, you know, part of my take was doing, I guess some controversy around Jake Cutler saying he could win a gold medal or something. And I go, guys, I'm a former pro football player. 
and I can speak to this on how <laughs> challenging it is. And I could create controversy in a good way and do an interview with him on part of my take or go on the show or go on ESPN, but they're not coming to me first. They're coming to like some other athletes, which is fine, but it's like, use me in that sense of yeah. what I have, which is a media platform. And, um, well, you know, the, the, the truth is actually, I, I remember they actually reached out to me, uh, Barry and Melissa that asked me like, Oh, can you connect me with Lewis about his show? I said, listen, you know, you, Lewis is a friend and his show is about something completely different. Yeah. And, and I said, like, if you want to reach out to him, reach out to him directly because I'm not going to be the mediator here in something that I know it's not the, the what, what his goal is in that platform. I don't know how is he going to help you. So, um, but there are many exactly. other ways. Exactly. And so they wanted me to interview, I think, Barry. They wanted me to interview Barry for it, but I'm like, it's not going to make sense for my audience. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Yeah. And... And also, when it comes to part of my take, obviously, it generated excitement. And I think I didn't even think about it, actually. You could have been a fantastic guest with them. I forgot I'm, a, I'm a former football player, guys. Yeah. Like, yeah. use me in a sense of – and so I tried to reach out to part of my take like a month after the fact and just be like, hey, guys, like, let me know if you want to do this. But it was so far over. They were like, we already talked about this. We already had this person on and this. And I'm like, yeah. you guys missed an opportunity in a big sense in my mind. Yeah. which goes back to the fault of USA handball since I've been a part of it is I don't, you know, I know they're trying to do the best they can with what they have, but I feel like they're missing opportunities. So well, you should have been a part you and, and uh, Chavi Chavi uh, was uh, a guest of part of my take and, and Chavi Gallahan, he's actually a legend of handball. He, he played for 19 years with Barcelona. He won everything that exists uh, he's actually the, the managing director of football club Barcelona in the entire uh, country. That's Amazing big. Times. But you too. But he's got no, he's got, he's, but does he have an audience? Uh, no, no, he doesn't have a social media audience. He's just. Uh, put us, put us both in there. Put yeah. us both in there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That would have been a perfect situation. Yeah. But I, it's, you know, it's not my battle to, to fight right now because, you know, they've got their agenda. So it's, it's all good. But I, I feel like they're, they could be using me and I've offered my support. I want to support, even though I'm not actively playing in Europe right now or something. Yeah. Um, but I still feel a part of the USA handball team. And it's still top of mind of like the next tournaments I'm going to be thinking about, is it worth playing? Do yeah. I have the time, you know, kind of evaluating that cost and effort analysis. But yeah. I, 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 I hope more guys like me from high school to college can see the sport. And that's why I keep referencing it. I talked about it today in an interview that I did on another big show where I, he asked me about Kobe. And I said, you know, when I first met Kobe, I talked to him about handball. Yeah. I said, thank you for, this was off camera. I said, thank you for, you know, I play on the USA handball team. Um, and I said, so many Olympic athlete friends of mine in different sports that I've known over the years say you're the coolest person at the Olympics, that you take a selfie with everyone, you say hi, you show up at other uh, sporting events, and you're just the nicest. And I wanted to tell you that I appreciate how you show up for the other USA uh, team family. And, um, and he said, you play handball? I love handball. I played it all the time in Italy growing up, and it was one of my favorite activities. And I was like, no way. He goes, yeah, I wish you know, we played it more in the USA because I think Americans would crush it. I go, I know. So... <laughs> <laughs> it's um you know i think uh, i know it's just like well i'm getting more and more like former nfl guys reach out to me and ask stuff about this messaging me like hey how do i get involved and i'm just like 
it's going to be very challenging unless there's some type of home base where they can go to in LA or New York city. No one wants to move to Alabama. No one wants to go to freaking Canada. It's like, it's got to <laughs> be a major city where there's a home base where people can practice, play, test, try out. Otherwise, you're not just going to send someone to Europe for a tryout who's never played. It's just and, not going to happen. And the place needs to have the culture of handball. That, to me, specifically, is a critical aspect of teaching handball to uh, newcomers. And that is, if you're an American-born uh, athlete, because as you know, handball physically is demanding, but also there are certain elements, nuances about becoming a handball player. And I believe when you're in a, in a, in a culture as such, you will get to learn much faster than spending. Way faster. Way faster. Yeah, I feel like if it was at UCLA or something in LA and it, it was sexy because yeah. you're at a sexy environment, there's, you know, sexy athletes around in terms of like they're strong, fast athletes who are in other sports. They see it, they're going to want to play and it's going to draw more people in that, that city of like a UCLA, USC, a, yeah. you know, a New York City type of vibe. So I just feel like if you don't have that type of sex appeal, it's just like the barrier to entry is so hard. I had to move states, <laughs> find an address on a website because I couldn't get in touch with anything for three years. Right. Show up. They said, you guys said, sorry, it's our last practice and we're not <laughs> playing handball. Come back in a few months. I had to wait it out, go back, only show up once a week. Like it was not convenient. Hey, is, that, is that why you, you kicked that ball in my face? No, it wasn't. I think I was just like, like an, an aggressive athlete in general. I waited for three years. Are you <laughs> Screw you. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I just feel like uh, I'm a big fan of handball and I want more people to be aware of it. So, and I think, I think the USA is doing their best job with what they have, but they could be using more guys like me or like yourself to, to amplify, you know? Yeah. Well, you know what? One thing that's truly Another thing that I really, this, this whole show started for is there are very, very small percentage of people who have the ability that you have. And if you started younger, that you could have achieved a really high potential, very small percentage of people can achieve those high goals. But I want more people to play the sport because of the true benefits this, this game has yeah. aside from com competition. And, and we want to make America big and great when it comes to handball, but we should play handball because of so many other elements about that teaches yeah. the responsibility, uh, humility. Uh, you really depend on your team more so than in any other sport. I mean, Absolutely. you know yourself, basketball, football, you can have one specific skill and you can win that game any given day, not in handball. Yeah. So, so that element of trust and I, why I want people. Communication, to, everything. Yeah. It's very, very important to me. And, and, and I want people never to stop, saying like, okay, well, I'm not that good, so I shouldn't be playing the sport. No, I want you to play, and if you're good, you will achieve uh, your dream. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a great sport. I mean, it is a, one of the great best sport. sports that, that really I love, and I know you love. So Love it, yeah. And the I point is, play and, and, I, and I think I have a couple of ideas in the making right now, and I will talk to you very soon. Uh, one of them should be very interesting. And I think if we can do that, um, we'll, we'll bring a bigger awareness. In nice. So it's going to be fun. Right, cool. I'm excited, man. Excited. What's so, the plans for New York City handball club moving forward through the pandemic and, you know, and beyond? We're, 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 we can't wait. We're planning to go to Flanders to the tournament in New Jersey, the, mm -hmm. the oldest grass 
well, the only grass handball tournament. So we're looking to restart there. And then let's hear what USA Team Handball has to say about the possibility of nationals happening this year uh, before the end of the year. So you think it'll happen or no? I, you know what? I don't know. New York City is getting better. We're, we're having a lot more control over the situation. But when you listen to the news of the other states going down, yeah, it's like, tough. It's really tough. It's tough, it, it, man. It, I, have an, uh, I have an annual conference in Columbus, Ohio, September 10th. And we just announced last week that we're postponing for a year just because you of international travel. It's too close, less than three months. It's just we were waiting to try to see if things would open up. And it's too close to be able to make that call. So we had to postpone it. Yeah, that's good. So next year, same same month? Yeah, September, right after Labor Day. Yep. Yeah, it, it, it's really, I mean, you cannot really know anything yet. So, but I, I wish it happens. I wish we can get back on the court pretty quickly. Yeah. But uh, I, I think by the time we're in phase four, which is mid of July in New York City, we're going to go start training. I mean, really? Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah, it's it's going to, we have to. I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't want to be. <laughs> you got to do something. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Now, now I feel my age. After I know, right? You're 44? 44 this year, yeah. Man, still one of the best in the country, man. <laughs> At 44 years old. Yeah. That's it, man. Yeah. So if I could be at your athleticism and when I'm 44, man, you never know. Anything is possible. That, very true. They got to keep that. They got to keep that 16th guy. I think they only have 14 now. Is the, the challenge though? So. No. What do you mean? Well, at the Olympics, they take 14 or 16. It's always uh, so. You have 14 players, two goalkeepers. Gotcha. Yeah. So. And I think actually there is a, a rule in the making that they might take they they might be able to take two more. I think. I'll do it. Put yeah. me in. I'll be the last guy. I don't care. You know. I'll be the defensive specialist. I'll be the the, the cheerleader or whatever. You know. And I'll, I yeah I think you'll fit every role that's needed for that team. I'll be the marketing manager. I'll be everything. It's like you gotta you gotta use all, all the skills necessary to achieve your dreams. So. That is very true, Louis. I really thank you for your time. I appreciate this talk. Um, it's good to see you. And Great for some you, reason, you look younger every time I see you. I don't know what the hell you're mm -hmm. doing, but I got a little haircut somehow in, in the last couple of weeks. So it looks really nice. So nice. Uh, I don't know how you do it. Uh, but thank you for being a guest of Straight Handball Talk. It's always fun to talk to you about anything. So uh, we'll be in touch. And then appreciate I'll. You, brother. Follow you follow oh, with the idea. Quick story to finish this. That's what I think it'll be interesting. You remember the documentary we did yes. eight years ago? Yes. Was it eight years ago? Uh, it was after we won Minneapolis. That was seven years ago, yeah. Seven years ago, there's a documentary called Home Court about the New York City handball team. And I, and I was featured in there as one of the main characters, I guess, of the, the documentary as the only American guy. Uh, we just hired Ben, who was the producer of that documentary, a month ago to be the head producer of School of Greatness. And I've stayed in touch with Ben for seven years. Every year, I'll just check in with him and see him grow from Huffington Post to Sports Illustrated to all these places. And um, he just got back from a trip after being married. He went on a, a honeymoon for six months around the world, came back. And I just said, hey, we're looking for a head producer if you're interested. And the stars aligned. And we came back from handball. And now he's been amazing this last month. So. I, you see, I you, you cannot see, but I do have goosebumps. Amazing. And and at the the whole point of this show is that that yeah. that bonding power that people have in handball, and and I'm so happy because I love Ben. Ben okay. has been great for for everything about telling that story 
Um, I think to me, even though I'm biased, it's the best handball story out there. It's great, man. You yeah. should you should put a link to the uh, on your website for that that the documentary for people don't want to watch it. There is. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there yeah. Go. So, but uh, very good. I'm happy for Ben, and I'm happy yeah. for you. So, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. Thanks for sharing the story, Louis. This is great, Thanks, man. Appreciate it, Beanie. All right, man. Love you. I'll see you. Appreciate you, soon. you man. Yeah, brother. We'll talk to you. Yep. Bye bye. Thanks, man. Bye.